Here we go. What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. It's triple threat night tonight here on Straight Chubb, where I'm joined, of course, by my guy, Chris Kennedy, and newcomer to the headliner family, Kane Fossil. What's up, fellas? What's going on? What's going on, man? You know, we had a we had a pretty busy day today that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but I am super excited to get Kane on on the pod today. Uh, new member of the team, you know, going to be doing a lot with us over at Headliner U. So I'm I'm super super excited. So uh, Kane, if you want to kind of just introduce yourself to to Headliner Nation, let them know who you are, where you've been, you know, what you're all about. Yeah. So you know, fantasy wise, I focus on mostly Devi football and Dynasty football. That's kind of my my forte. Um, spend a lot of time, you know, with my podcast, my other podcast, other than what we're doing at Fantasy Headliners, where it's called the Devi Marketplace and where we're really just looking at values because the best way to, you know, to make your team better is through a trade. You can hope that your team just gonna, is going to keep getting better and you hit all your draft picks. But let's be honest, uh, not all of us are that good, right? Actually, no one's that good to hit on every single draft pick every year. That's why you make trades. That's why you try and get better every year. And so we do that by trying to look at values and making sure that we're increasing in value each year. So that's the reason why I focus on Debbie trades and dynasty trades, because I feel like that's just a much better way to increase your team faster. And that's really what I care about because all I really want to do is win. So are you one of those guys that actually goes in and continues to rebuild their club year after year after year, even if you do have a stats club uh, to win it all? No, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those situations that, and this is, I think the most important thing about dynasty football is that by about week three or four, you have to decide either if you're winning or you're losing, Mm -hmm. right? You can't just be in the middle, right? If you end up being the sixth or seventh pick in a dynasty draft for rookies, that's not going to help you. Right. right? And then you're just going to continually stay in the middle of the pack. Well, what you can do then is you can fully go into full rebuild mode, or then you can say, oh, well, I'm only like a piece away. And, you know, maybe you had a guy like Michael Thomas that w- seemed to be hurt for 92 weeks. And then maybe you, you know, make a trade for like a Stefan Diggs by trading Michael Thomas plus a first or something in the middle of the year that actually gets you ready to compete. And that's really what looking at values is about. It's trying to only make your team better and you have to decide if that's going to go through rebuilding or if you're ready to compete now and you just need a piece or two to make your push towards the title and that's really what we're trying to do i love it it's like the virtual gm style and that's what i'm about if my team is ready to go and i'm ready to win a championship i'm going i'm not i'm not trading just because you know uh somebody got released off a roster and the value just went through the roof on this guy i mean if my team is ready to go i'm going for that title yeah you nailed it and one thing I, do, I wanted to just mention was, uh, Kane, for those of, of our listeners that have never even heard of Devi, could you guys give them a quick overview of what Devi actually is? Yeah, so Devi actually means developmental. So the goal is you have a regular dynasty team, but you're able to draft players in college. And, you know, obviously there's degenerates in some leagues where you can even draft guys that are still in high school. And then we can go all the way down the rabbit hole to a really creepy place if, if that's where your league wants to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but for the most part, that means now 
if you're just kicking off a Debbie league, that means you're drafting guys like Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, Sam Howell from UNC, um, DJ ukulele, as I call him, because I don't know how to pronounce that last name from Clemson. Right. And so you, you're drafting those guys now. And then you have a much clearer picture of your rebuild. Right. If I know that I have like Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell on my team, right. Then I know that I'm going to be a lot more competitive next year than this year. So I might trade. Then I have, the wherewithal, right? That I'm trading like guys like Marvin Jones. I'm trading any expiring asset that isn't actually going to help my team next year, right? So James mm-hmm. Connor and Chris Carson, like those sort of guys, I'm getting off my roster. So I'm ready when these guys come in to really make my team better, right? So that's what we're looking at when we talk about Devi, that we're looking at these guys that are in college and trying to figure out which ones are going to either go to the NFL and which ones are going to be, you know, top picks. And that's really what we're doing. So my rankings are now up to, I've ranked the top 76 players and it'll be up to 150 by next week. So it's going to be, it's really intense to try to get all this, all this done because you have everyone in college is your, is your player pool, Mm -hmm. which is thousands of players. That's absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I absolutely love it because I know Chris and I personally, we're, we're huge fans of dynasty and, you know, over on our Patreon, we offer um, our own personal dynasty rankings. But when it comes to the Devi and adding that into the mix, that's just a whole other level that I, I personally, it's, it's for me, it's just, it's, it's over my head. And I think that, you know, for somebody like you that really enjoys doing that, it just, it provides a whole other world of knowledge for people that are looking to get into, into dynasty, you know, or even to dip their toe into, into the Devi leagues. Well, I'll I'll say that if you're looking to get into a Debbie league, the best way to do it is don't like dive immediately into an eight round Debbie league, right? Where you're not sure who you're drafting Mm -hmm. right by the end, but you know, talk to your league and if they want to do a round or two, right. You just kind of, it's like when you're going to the pool and you're not, you're not sure if you remember how to swim, you're just kind of dipping your toe in a little bit. You're like, stay stay in the shallow end just a little bit. Do I remember how to do this? And then, and then you kind of, you go up to your knees, right? And you're like, okay, I'm remembering what I'm doing. And then you can kind of, then you can kind of swim, right? But yeah. don't just dive in right away. And you're like, all right, I know everything that there is to know about college football. Like, let's just go in. If, if that's your personality, that's great. Um, but you're going to take some licks. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of how, I, I feel like that's kind of how dynasty leagues may have started was somebody who, you know, they, their league started off as a keeper league. It's like, all right, we're going to, we're going to keep one or two players next year. And then each year just kept expanding until they're like, you know what, let's just keep the entire team for the, for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, And you know, I have some leagues that are as deep as last year was the startups. We drafted 100 Debbie rounds. Oh man. So 1200 guys that are either in college or high school were drafted. So like there's crazy people like that. Right. And, but that's also full IDP. So don't think Mm -hmm. about it as just like, offensive players it's full idp every position so that makes it a little easier but it's just about you know trying to add more trade assets right you'd all of a sudden just have more to trade if you're not a devy guy that's cool trade your pick right Mm -hmm. it's just like a rookie draft in that fact right if you're not sure who to draft in the rookie draft and you can always get good value for your rookie pick right before the draft you can do the exact same thing with a Debbie because guess what there's weirdos like me that will buy every Debbie pick they're like oh I'm smarter than my league that's always what that's always what we think right I'm smarter than all these guys I know who's going to the NFL and then all of a sudden I know I'm smarter than everyone in this room 
<laughs> and then and then you have 25 Debbie players all of a sudden and you're like uh I have no NFL team but like when these guys get there right <laughs> and then you're like oh next year's my year so you're like the Minnesota Vikings next year's my year next year's my year and then you realize it never is your year um <laughs> like ever? the New York Jets I'm, I'm yeah. a Minnesota Vikings fan it hurts <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean? I think Debbie is just fun in that aspect because it gives you more to trade and it gives you a little more to look forward to when your team is poop. Yeah. And see with, with dynasty, especially, I know that it gets you into understanding and watching the youngsters a lot more. So you're already, you're already looking at next year's uh, draft class coming into the NFL a lot more than I was just in redraft leagues, like whatever. 15 years ago but i mean uh i i i've never dipped into the devi pool but i mean I, I could jump into the deep end right now man no no yeah. no no swimming no life jacket no nothing no no, no floaties nothing no floaties well i, I might I need just, i might need floaties yeah but you know trade your pick trade my easy pick. if you're I not like comfortable trade pick. your pick yeah i, I like yeah. my picks i'm gonna trade for all the picks and i'm taking Mark, the devi money i just I'm not gonna, did that I'm not joining a league with you, Chouse. <laughs> You're not taking my picks. I'm going to take all your picks and all your money. <laughs> but we do got some football to discuss tonight. My goodness, it has been an uh, uh, incredible two days. We know we're gearing up for the league, new league year. It starts on March uh, 17th. Um, first off, Dak Prescott, man, he gets paid. Dallas ponies up the dough. A lot of people are saying, you know, is this uh, Jerry Jones kind of tipping the hat to say that the TV deal that the NFL is getting will inflate the potential 181 to 185 salary cap because Dak will break down his numbers. Four-year deal, $160 million up to 164. He's in the realm of 40 million per year, right behind Mr. Patrick Mahomes. What are we thinking about this deal, fellas? I mean, this brings Dallas back to where everyone wanted it to be in fantasy football, at least. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, let's. I mean, first of all, it's a it's a ton of money. It's a ton of money for a player that's coming off the kind of injury that Dak is is coming off of after you know week four, week five this past year. Um, I will say this though for for those who who have him uh, rostered in dynasty leagues, myself included, I have him on a couple of rosters. I'm absolutely ecstatic that he's. Mm going back to to the Cowboys and he's remaining a Dallas Cowboy. Um, I'm also thinking that it's going to be great news for those that are Zeke Elliott owners. I mean, for those of the people who may have forgotten, Zeke was a top three, top five fantasy running back through the first four or five weeks of the season before Dak actually went down. And so now you get him back. You don't have to worry about having an Andy Dalton under center, you know, making tons of mistakes. You have Dak Prescott that's going to be able to put points up on the board. And that defense is still pretty garbage. So they're going to have to continue to put points up on the board. So from a fantasy point, I mean, this is this is good news for, for everything going on in the offensive side of the, of the ball in Dallas. Yeah, I think I think it's really funny if you look at the people that had the biggest whiff this offseason, it's the people that thought that uh, Zeke Elliott wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Remember, I think, what was it? Oh, like just a couple days ago where people were like, oh, Zeke Elliott's washed. He's, he's not going to be any good. People are drafting this like running back 18 in <laughs> dynasty startups. And guess Ridiculous. what? You're going to get three great years out of Zeke Elliott where he's going to get like probably back end running back one. Mm-hmm. production uh that's like the steal of the draft totally because guess what if any running back gives you three years of good production that's a win right if you get three years out of anyone as a running back you're like that was a really good pick yeah um, absolutely and, and imagine doing that in round four 
Yeah, I'll take that, I'm, I'll take I'm that value take that. all day long. Yeah, I'm gonna gobble that value. I just <laughs> ate supper, but I'll do it again. Like mm-hmm. with that Zeke value, I'm ready. Like so, I think I think that's really really exciting because people really poop the bed. Yeah, I, I agree, and I and I, and I, I'm even throwing it out there that we, me and Chris talked about this. It was it was the Amari Cooper potential trade now because I mean you got to find those dollars now somewhere else, and and there's a potential that you know they could get out of this uh, Amari Cooper deal with only eight million dead, um, with lots of cap savings post June first. So I mean. I'm excited if that happens because I like Michael Gallup a lot. And I think that his value, uh, he proved with Dak that he could do it. He proved with Andy Dalton that he was valuable. He could, he was basically, I don't want to say yet that he's quarterback proof, but I mean, Gallup did enough for me to, to be convinced and, and to start buying shares. And if they get rid of Cooper, I think maybe now's the time to start buying a couple shares of Gallup uh, just to get him on that roster. I mean, you've got, you've got Gallup, you have CeeDee Lamb, you know, who's going to be coming into his second year. You have Blake Jarwin, who's going to be coming back from his, his season-ending injury as well. So you're going to have these pieces coming back. The offensive line is going to come back healthier. I do think that they probably should start investing a little bit more into the offensive line. You know, they did lose a couple pieces over the years with Travis Frederick. Uh, 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 Smith cannot stay healthy, you know, unfortunately. So I, I would like to see them kind of – bulk up the offensive line a little bit, you know, especially where Dak is coming off of that, that really horrific injury. You want to keep that guy protected, especially with, with that $66 million signing bonus that he got. Yeah. Like $626 per second or something. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, But I think overall, I don't think Amari Cooper is going to get traded this year. I think next year is probably the best that they can do just because there is that 2022 out. But, you know, I think they've put themselves in a really, really weird spot money-wise because do they end up continuing to pay Tyron Smith, who is technically under contract until 2024? Uh, Then you have Demarcus Lawrence, who's 28 now, and he's under contract until 24. And you have, you know, they just re-signed Jalen Smith not too long ago, who's 25. He's there until 25. Lel Collins, right? So all of a sudden, all these guys that are making – probably more money than they should because they didn't know what to do with that, this money. Um, all of a sudden there's an issue with their team and they have to figure out where they're going to get this money. But I don't think Amari Cooper getting traded is the play. I think they end up having to make a really tough decision on Tyron Smith, to be honest. And that's, what's going to clear up some of their cap space in my mind. And I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but like, like uh if, if you want to have Dak get all the weapons that he has, yeah, you, you continue to roll and see what they do. But like we were saying is, is well, I, like Chris was saying, I should say, is like the defense has is, is got tons of holes. They need a lot of work. So you're saying the offensive line is overpaid and under underperforming. Um, so for my appetite, if I am Jerry Jones, that 8 million dead that you can save, I know that it says the 2022 out that's pre June 1st, but I mean, in this case, they can still do post June 1st for Amari still only eat up the 8 million dead, save about 20 million bucks. And I mean, now you can help out the offensive line in the draft. You can help out the defense, not only in free agency and the draft. And now you can start rebuilding this club, especially with Dak being as young as he is. That's my opinion on that one. I think Dallas, they had the contracts are structured in a way where they can get out of some of these deals. Even I've heard the uh, Jalen Smith is, 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 is potentially a, a cap casualty. And 
I can't even believe I'm saying that. I heard rumor about that and his his uh, dead cap, I think, is only like two million bucks. So the savings there could be in the in the in the realm of seven to eight million dollars. So I mean, there is money to be had. It's just they're gonna have to get very creative. And I think a lot of these teams are gonna be waiting for that final salary cap number before they start cutting everybody off the roster. 100 yeah. percent I'm with you. Yeah, because Ter- Terrence Smith has uh what in eight and a half million dollar cap hit or so um in dead cap but he's the next three years he's at 14 and 15 million so it does make sense for them to move on now when he's already hitting 31 years old mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm right there with both of you guys Levante David, he gets paid today as well. Look at this, right? So while the Dallas Cowboys and other NFL clubs are spending money like water to sign these quarterbacks, Mr. Tom Brady does it again. He takes less money so that his whole team can be on this on this on this roster and go for another Super Bowl run. Levante David, two years at $25 million, definitely lower. I believe what is it, 12.5 per year. Um, definitely lower than he would have gotten on the open market value wise, I should say. Um, but this is a massive sign for this defense to stay together. I mean, yes, they did show that uh, Shaq, he might be out the door, but I mean, getting David locked up is, is priority number one, I would think. Yeah. I think that they, they could still bring Shaq Barrett back, back if they, if they wanted to, um, you know, they do have some cap space to work with, but again, this, this shows you, and there was a, there was a meme that I saw earlier in the day, where it was, you know, someone was saying, well, you know, Tom Brady just keeps taking less money and less money every year. And, you know, he just keeps winning championships. How does he do it? It's like, well, they don't pay their quarterback 40, 30, you know, 35, $40 million a year. That's kind of the, that's what, that's what we're seeing here. You know, we saw Patrick Mahomes get that big payday. Granted, he took his team to the Super Bowl again, you know, but they came up short. Dak Prescott gets this big deal. You know, is he going to be going to the Super Bowl anytime soon? No, probably not. Is he going to go to the playoffs? Yeah, he plays in the NFC East. We could take a team to the playoffs in the NFC East. But I think and that <laughs> exactly. But I do think that, you know, for for a team like the Bucks, you know, and Tom Brady, I think, has a lot of say in in persuasion, I should say, you know, in some of these moves that are being made. You know, he's going to make sure that they're they're set up for at least the time that he's going to be there, which could be for another two, maybe three years. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the bucks do from here. Um, You have to think there's at least a possibility of a Chris Godwin franchise tag and then trade, right? Cause he mm-hmm. obviously got the franchise tag. There has to be a possibility of, of that trade happening if they want to keep everyone that was on that defense. It, right. It's just that, it, it, some something has to give right and if i'm if i'm the bucks i probably wouldn't mind having chris godwin walk at least after the franchise tag because at least you're getting something back probably going to be a pick somewhere um so that can rebuild what is starting to be an aging team with the tom brady average age yeah, and I, and I don't hate that whatsoever either, but there's also the possibility that they could tag to extend Chris Godwin to drop that overall cap number. But I mean, if you're talking full rebuild, I was shocked that they actually did the tag for Chris Godwin personally, because I'm a huge Tyler Johnson supporter. And I think if, if Godwin was gone, I don't really think they would have missed a beat. I think, I think with Tom Brady there, uh, they would have, they would have been able to school him up uh, right in the playbook and he would have been producing uh, basically from week three on, I think it it would have been very similar production. See, this is why I like you, Chris, Um, just talking up Tyler Johnson, my boy, Tyler Johnson, the sign Tyler Johnson, go for jerseys just in the other room. Boom. Um, Obviously, you know, 
gopher fan have season tickets to the gophers you're just speaking to my heart here um <laughs> tyler johnson i know you're listening obviously we're best friends yeah um we love you and we're ready to see you succeed so if you could just tell chris uh you know your friend chris godwin to just you know just say hey you can trade me let let tyler get a chance that'd be that'd be great yes indeed you heard the man malcolm butler man he gets cut today former patriot mr mr chris kennedy former patriot mm-hmm. this disrespect this man keeps getting and and we still remember him on the sidelines in new england when he got cut or when he got benched i should say and there was tears streaming down his cheek because he didn't understand what he did to mr bill belichick now he goes over to tennessee and his 10 million dollar cap savings here um uh, this was this was a formality in my opinion only because of the dollars and they're trying to shed salary but it, 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 are we at the point where we're suggesting that Malcolm Butler isn't necessarily what we think he should be or what he is anymore? I mean, I, I honestly, I think he is exactly what people think that he is. He's, he's a good cornerback. Is he one of the, one of the top cornerbacks in the league? No. I mean, there were plenty of times after he, when he left new England, you know, he showed that, you know, he, he could get beaten coverage. You know, if he wasn't in the right, the right scheme, he, it wasn't going to work out. Now he's, he's played fine. Don't get me wrong but not for that kind of money that he was making. Um, you know, he, he was pretty much, you know, he absolutely blew up after that interception in the Super Bowl against Seattle and he played well, but he's, he's not a, a top money shutdown corner, you know, that, that people may have wanted him to be unfortunately. And, and I'm, I, I'm not surprised with the, with the release of him. He's going to get picked up by another team. Absolutely. But I don't see another team overpaying for him. I certainly don't see him going back to New England after what happened gonna, I was with the Super Bowl ask. scenario. No, no, that that's uh, that bridge was burned between he and Bill. I guess the question is who has the best safeties because he's going to need some safety help. Mm-hmm. Yes, right, just like the Patriots did to him all of his years there. Right, say what you want about Malcolm Butler, but he had a lot of help from two really good safeties when yep. they were doing those Super Bowls, Super Bowl runs. Right, so I think. Malcolm Butler's fine. He's not a number one corner. He's an okay number two corner with help over the top. I would love Butler in the nickel. I really would. I don't think he's fast enough to be in the nickel anymore, though. That's what I was going to say. It's the speed at this point in his career that it's a bit of a question mark for me. Um, And and like like Kane said, you know, when when he was in New England, he had McCordy, he had Chung back there. You know, he had that protection, that safety blanket. You know, where if he happened to get beat, okay, well, we have two Pro Bowl safeties that are going to be back there to help him out. So it's safe to say that his Super Bowl interception is what got him paid. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me, me too. Me too. Devin Funches, never Funches or forever Funches, however you want to say it, he is going back to Green Bay. We see a resurrection happen here. I'm a, I'm a Funches fan only because I like to give the gears to Mr. Jake and company because it's always never Funches, but he comes back. We won't discuss him. I just wanted to throw that in there. But Mitch Morse, he signs, uh, cuts his deal. He cuts $2 million to give Buffalo some room. You know, I had to throw my bills in here as well. They look like they're ready and, and getting ready to start uh, attacking free agency here. Um, um, maybe Shaq, maybe, maybe they go some other place. I'm excited. 
But let's dive into these franchise tags, fellas. I mean, we saw Leonard Williams today. He got the tag in New York. I like this deal. I He was, what, 11 and a half sacks last season. I believe the Giants had 40-plus 40, 40 sacks as a team last year. I think this was absolutely imperative um, to get him back on this improving defense. The, the defense for the Giants, I just did the workbook. They had three top 12 uh, finishes on the defensive side statistically, and, and Leonard Williams is one of the, one of the reasons why uh, they got so much pressure on, on the opposing quarterbacks. Do you guys see this as the same way I'm looking at it, the same that it's a, it's a big, big re-sign as a franchise tag? I, I like it for them, to be honest with you. You know, it, it helps to kind of solidify the, the middle of that defense. Um, you know, it helps with the pass rush, with the run stopping. The Giants defense wasn't terrible last year. You know, when you when you look at their DVOA, they were, you know, around the middle of the pack, a little bit above average. And when you have somebody like uh, like Blake Martinez at linebacker, who's one of the top linebackers, he's, I think, top three in tackles over the last four years um, out of his complete five-year uh, career, you know, that just helps as well. But I think, I think Leonard Williams, uh, I was honestly a little bit surprised when they made that trade for him from the jets a couple of years ago, I didn't think he was going to, he was going to last in, in, in New York, to be honest with you. I figured they were just going to try to re restart everything and, and keep on going, but I'm, I'm excited about this move for them, especially that defense. Um, now, if only they could get a quarterback that could figure it out, that'd be nice. Mm. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll just say that Leonard Williams is the best defensive player they've had since JPP in his prime. Ooh. I like that. Statement. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with that. Absolutely no, not. I, because, I like that statement. I yeah. have to digest for a second, but I like that statement. Like I was to, I to think about how long ago it was that they actually had JPP. And I was like, no, yeah, about six years ago. That's right. <laughs> that's about right. Yeah, That's just how long of a crater the giants have been in. Yeah. And they need Leonard Williams to even try and be serviceable this coming season Absolutely. or else you have, or else you have to basically get ready to move on from Daniel Jones. And I'm already there. I'm already to move on from Daniel Jones. I think I've seen enough and, and it, it, no disrespect to the man, but I, I don't know, you know, okay, fine. You bring in a guy like uh, Jason Garrett to re uh, to run your offense. I mean, okay, I'm not convinced. And obviously growing pains with two systems in two years, I get it. You know, you're going to have uh, stumbles, but, but I like this defense a lot. I like the Leonard Williams. Then they got Martinez, like you said, in the, at the linebacker spot, you got Bradbury on the corner. I mean, Jabril peppers. Peppers. Yeah. And you're, you're building Xavier McKinney. I mean, you're building in the right direction on this defense, a kind of AKA the Washington football team where they understand that their offense is still kind of struggling. So, you know, let's, let's play to our strength. Let's build this defense a lot more. And, and perhaps we see that in the draft as well. Maybe they, maybe they just start stacking this defense to be something like Washington is. So what you're saying is that the giants need Alex Smith. Mm, I'll take that. I was I'll hoping you were. I hope you were. I was hoping you were going to say no. <laughs> I'll take Captain Checkdown on that team. <laughs> I don't think that's an upgrade. No, it's no, not. Sadly. definitely not an upgrade. Like we we all hate Daniel Jones, but like that's still not an upgrade. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's definitely not an upgrade. Speaking of other franchise tags, excuse me, Brandon Sharif, he gets uh, tagged with the Washington football team, but we'll leave offensive line. Uh, Cam Robinson for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He gets tagged. Taylor Moten for the Carolina Panthers. They all get tagged. The offensive linemen, big boys get paid too. Uh, But let's dive into Mr. Allen Robinson. Mm. This one I did not like. I am still very angry and upset about it. As we sit here today, my face is red. It's smoke's coming out of my ears. 
because we all wanted him to depart Chicago because unless, and I'll, and I'll put in unless a, a little bit of a disclaimer on that, unless Chicago finds a way to get them a, a quarterback like a Deshaun Watson, like a Russell Wilson, et cetera. But is this how, okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll pose this first. Where do we see this going with Allen Robinson? Is it a tag and trade? Is he going to be staying there? Is he going to hold out? What are we seeing with Allen Robinson? I almost wonder if a lot of if if this is pretty much going to be okay. We're going to tag him, and then we're going to wait and see what we can do with the quarterback position. And if they and granted they're in they're from the last time I checked, they're in some cap trouble right now. I think they're what 15, 20 million over the cap at the moment. Mm. So that's going to be obviously a big issue in how they're going to move money around there. And if they aren't able to get one of their one of their their top prizes at quarterback, then yeah, maybe they do go ahead and they turn around and trade him for picks or or player or whatever the case may be. But if they are able to make that trade and get somebody like a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson, then oh baby, I'd be excited. Oh baby. I think the the fun way that I'm looking at it is just in fantasy value, right? So if we're just looking in fantasy value. Like this is great for people that want to get more Allen Robinson shares. Mm-hmm. Like this is the perfect time to buy him. Mm-hmm. Like if you want Allen Robinson, you got to do it now because if they do anything with their quarterback spot, if they put any of us three in at the quarterback spot, um, his stock goes up. Yep. Right. Like if, if a quarterback that has a pulse and can breathe is gets put on that team, he is like a borderline wide receiver one. He's done it with so many bad quarterbacks and continues to put up good stats. So I don't know why we still want, wouldn't want to go out and buy Allen Robinson. So I'm looking at it just out of pure fantasy value. It's buy, buy, buy for me. Constantly, I want him everywhere. After, yeah. seeing, after seeing what he did with Trubisky and Foles and even before that, I'm always Bortles. buying uh, oh, Bortles. I'm always buying Allen Robinson, and I don't understand why people still fade the man. I mean, he is just like uh, Terry McLaurin. They're quarterback proof at this point, and they've proven it year after year after year, injuries aside. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm all for that fantasy value. Bye, 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 Mr. Robinson. Yeah. Justin Simmons, he gets tagged as well for the for the Denver Broncos. This was a must, I think, for this defense. We're starting to talk a little defense, a little team building, understanding what this uh, what the Broncos have. Um, I know we've discussed the offense in Denver. We're not really sold on Drew Locke, but they have a plethora of weapons at the wide receiver position. Still the tandem running back between Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. But you need to stop some people too, and and you know they don't have much when it comes to terms of of defensive backs, and and Simmons is one of those guys that you know he's shown he's he's in the elite category at the position, and I mean, would you guys have tagged this guy and kept him aboard? Okay, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you take this one. Um, so this depends how you feel about Drew Locke, to be honest. Um, if you feel like you want to give Drew Locke one more year, you tag Simmons. If you feel like Drew Locke isn't the answer for this coming season, you don't tag him. And you try and sign him to a long-term deal without the tag. Explain that that rationale. So my thought process is, right, if you're you're tagging Simmons and we've already talked about all the weapons that the Broncos have, you're basically saying, like, we're putting this band back together for one year and hope that Drew Locke can drive us to where we need to go. Mm Mm-hmm. But if all of a sudden you're getting rid of Simmons um, or you're, you know, you're not franchise tagging him, you're not really looking towards the future with him there, 
then that basically tells me that Drew Locke is not the quarterback and they're going to start a rebuild somewhere. Interesting. That, no, that makes sense to me because where because of the, the pieces that they currently do have on defense, you know, you have a, an aging Von Miller who's coming off, coming back from a, you know, a season ending injury. You still have Bradley Chubb. Simmons is one of, if not the best safety in the league right now, you know, and still very, very young. You want to try to, like you said, trying to keep the band together, you know, get everyone back. You have Cortland Sutton coming back from his injury as well. So that just adds another weapon on offense. And absolutely. Like Kane said, if you feel like Drew Locke is the guy, or you at least want to give him one more shot, why not do it with all the same pieces and returning pieces included? If not, then yeah, you cut bait and you, you look elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I, I can buy that. And the, the I'll play devil's advocate a little bit because the way I'm seeing they're they're still a very youthful offense now. Okay. They they've 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 kind of changed and morphed. So you got Judy, you got Sutton, you got Hamler. Okay, Gordon's uh, moving up a little bit in age. The offensive line is is younger yet improving. Uh they can definitely keep or add more pieces to that. But I did notice, you know, they had that linebacker. His name fades me right now. It's it's not Jewel, it's it's his his teammate there, led the team in tackles. He's a youngster. Yes, Vaughn is getting older. Chubb is still young. I, I don't mind the youth on this team. So even if we say, okay, Drew Locke is not the guy that you want to take uh, and, and run with this team to be your franchise passer, and you even take it out a year, I still wonder why the tag on Simmons again. Why not really fully extend him? Because you're still at that point where you're not going to tear this entire roster down because you've already done that. You're at the point where you're, you're almost in like year two or three so to speak, of this this beginning phase of this roster as they start peeling away the old band-aids. Yeah, so I guess what I'd say to that is obviously you have Drew Locke getting a full offseason with Pat Shermer. Um, so then you have that going for you. Obviously with uh, Vic Fangio being the coach, obviously the defense means basically everything to him, right? Um, so Simmons is such a core piece of that team because he's an all around player, right? He's not just a box safety. He's a guy Mm -hmm. that can do it all. And that is really needed for the, the Vic Fangio defense without that, that defense is kind of subpar in my opinion, Um, because of the play, because of the play calling. Um, right. So if we look back to what he had with the bears, he had Eddie Jackson. Remember when Eddie Jackson basically got himself paid for right. how many years, right? That's because of where he fit in this system, right? Because they run a lot of dollar. They run three, two, six. They run basically everything. And, and Vic Vangio does that really, really well. And without Simmons, that defense is really, really bad. So I think maybe there's a shot that he's grooming someone to take that role that just might not be there yet. And then I totally understand the tag that 100% makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Drew Locke, it, well, if Pat Shermer can go 13 and three with Case Keenum, um, then he can do it with Drew Locke, is, is my opinion. Um, so I think this just gives Drew Locke really one year to figure it out. And if not, they're just going to lead by defense like Vic Vangio wants to do anyways. And then they'll just try and piecemeal a quarterback. Hmm. Interesting, because I'm still in the of the opinion that you get a Deshaun Watson on this team, 
and now everything changes. Everything changes on this roster. He, he's uh, Deshaun has played with garbage old lines in, in Houston for how long? You bring him to Denver. Now you have that plethora of talent that I'm talking about that you can actually uh, spread the ball around to magnificently. And, and I think everything changes in Denver. I think they can compete with the, the Chargers and potentially the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't disagree with you. Like, obviously, I want Deshaun Watson on that sure. team. That's obviously better than Drew Locke. Yep. Like, Von Miller playing quarterback is probably better than Drew Locke. <laughs> but th- the issue is, like, I don't think Denver has a whole lot of appeal to a guy like Russell Wilson or to Deshaun Watson. To be honest, I don't think it just has the firepower that he's looking for, um, mainly because I think he wants a good offensive mind to play with. Yeah, right. I I and I think that's why, you know, him going to Pat Shermer and being in a West Coast outside zone run scheme type style, that's not going to fit what Deshaun Watson does really, really well. Um, so I don't think that's a realistic landing spot. I want him to go there. Don't get me wrong. I think that'd be wonderful, but I just don't think that's realistic. So sadly, we're stuck in for another year of Drew Locke. Unless they draft a quarterback again. And could you imagine that? If they draft a, I had this conversation with a, with a friend of mine. If they go out to the draft and they select someone like a Justin Fields, let's just argument sake, Justin Fields, uh maybe even a mac jones let's just let's just throw it out there and that doesn't succeed man how long can this elway train continue in denver i mean i, I get it they, they stripped him of the the general manager reigns but you know he still has his stamp on the papers there and and could you imagine chris if this if this happens this way yeah my my only concern though is you know where is where is denver you know actually where, where are they where are they drafting this year i mean they have no. they don't have a so they're at nine. So let's say, let's say Mac Jones is available because I don't think that the other, I, I, I certainly don't know if Fields would even be there at that point. I could certainly see four quarterbacks going, you know, uh, or three quarterbacks going in the top six or seven picks maybe. So maybe Denver would have to trade up, but say they do get a rookie quarterback, say they go for Fields or, or Mac Jones, there's still going to be that learning curve, you know, for, for that rookie, you know, especially for somebody like Justin Fields, who is more inexperienced and hasn't had a ton of college playing experience as well. Um, I do think Mac Jones is much more pro ready. So I don't know if there'd be as, as much of a gap there, but I do think it would still take a couple of you know, two to three seasons, maybe before the Broncos get to where they feel comfortable, you know, where, where they are as an offense. See, and then that's where it bolts to my question. Then is, is this team, actually looking for that veteran presence behind center because they've seen enough of this of this uh uh rookie quarterback growth and and issue and non-growth i mean uh, for lack of a better term but i mean that's kind of where i'm at with this denver team is that you know i think the next move is you have to go try to find one of those veteran passers otherwise you're setting yourself up again for growing pain for the next two years potentially you know what they could do then is sure say they want to go ahead and draft a quarterback Go out, contact Ryan Fitzmagic, bring him on board for a year and let him, you know, let him kind of be that gap quarterback for you while you're, you know, while your rookie's ready. Do not do what they did in Miami and decide, okay, you know what? We're going to play our rookie for the first two quarters or three quarters, and then we're going to bring in our relief pitcher for the, for the end of the game. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. I think Andy Dalton actually makes a ton of sense on that team for a couple of years. 
right? Sign him for two if Drew Locke is it. Perfect, right? You have a good backup quarterback that's serviceable. Yep. Um, if he isn't it, Andy Dalton, um, well, you could do worse. You could. Right, like as a backup quarterback. So I think Andy Dalton actually makes a good amount of sense because he would fit really well in that Pat Shermer style offense in that West Coast, right? That stuff, same thing he was running with, with Coach Marv or with the Bengals. It's mm-hmm. basically the exact same stuff except it's zone running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I, I wouldn't even mind Jameis, Jameis Winston. Give him a shot in Denver. I, I wouldn't hate that whatsoever. I, I, I'm, I'm personally, I'm a Jameis fan. I want him to succeed. I would love for him to, to get picked up by a team and, and kind of prove the, the doubters wrong. You know, I mean, who knows if the, if the LASIK surgery helped or not, but I'm, I'm pulling for the guy. I'm rooting for him too. I want him to see, I want to see him get a second chance somewhere that actually the team could again be his and maybe, you know, things turn around because he's proven he can throw the ball. It's just, he's got to cut those turnovers. What do you say we flip gears and we talk about some players that were not tagged today because they're going to be likely headed to the open market. And the first one I want to talk about is Aaron Jones. So we did hear rumor that Green Bay is going to be trying to uh, re-up his services. They're not going to be easily letting him walk out the door to the open market. But Aaron Jones, to me, is a very interesting fantasy football commodity, especially because the, the argument can be said both ways. Is he is he this guy that can actually command a backfield for a full 16 games? We've seen the injuries, but yet we've seen the production. So, I mean, the, the argument can be made both ways. And then even the argument suggesting in Green Bay, you know, the offense was high powered. And, and uh, that one season he was somewhat touchdown dependent, even though the yardage did back it up. But his touchdowns were so inflated. Could you trust that that high ceiling once again? Um, Aaron Jones, man, what are you guys feeling about Aaron Jones uh, potentially going to the open market? I, I'm, I'm a big Aaron Jones fan. I'm, I will say this about him. I do think that there, there are times where there's been a little bit too much inconsistency. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that there was just inconsistency in how often he saw the field, you know, splitting time with Williams and this year now with, with Dylan. So I think with Jones, he's somebody who is going to have to command that backfield and he's going to have to get the bulk of that workload. Um, because this year in particular, what we saw was if he didn't get that long, you know, 60, 70 yard run, you know, his, his average for the day may have been 30, 40 yards, maybe got a touchdown or not. Um, but like you said, a couple of years ago, he was, he was heavily touchdown dependent, but I would love to see him go to a team that will actually just let him go just free Aaron Jones and let him do what he can do because he's electric on the field. He's super fun to watch. Um, he just needs the opportunity. As one of the biggest AJ Dillon supporters you'll ever meet. I'm very happy there was no tag. Mm. Um, I think there's obviously still a chance that he gets signed by Green Bay, but I I don't think that he is going to go back to Green Bay. I think he's going to chase chase some money, and he's going to get it. Yeah. Um, you know, you have teams like Miami that have a ton of money that need a running back. Um, he could easily go there and Miami can save their first round picks and not have to take one. Totally makes sense. Sign him to a two-year deal and two-year deal with like a, a really friendly team option for a third year or something like that. hundred percent makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would, that would kickstart the offense really well down in Miami. But I, I, for a fantasy mindset, 
I would buy him. Because I think right now, I would pay, in a Superflex League, I would pay um, the 109 for him. Okay. I don't hate that. I don't hate the 109 for Aaron Jones. I've I've never been... See, I've been kind of on the fence with Aaron Jones. I'm not. I'm not wholeheartedly supportive. I'm not. I'm not a naysayer. But you know, it, it, he's something of an enigma to me. And I and I think that's the best way I can put it. Because yes, he is that good. But then when you see how Green Bay and Matt Lafleur curtailed his workload at times, you know, are they worried? Was Matt? Because you know, you got to take what the coaching staff that knows him best. You got to take them firsthand and, and say, you know, well, if he's this good, why are you letting him walk out the door? I always question that because they know number one what they have in that locker room. So if they do let him go, could we be fine? It's financials. He wants to get paid more. I get it. I understand that could, that takes a lot into the play. But if he goes to a team like Miami. And, and you have Tua, who is still growing, who didn't necessarily show that he could be and take over contests, but, you know, the, the grooming process is underway. But you bring a Jones there, I would believe that the expectation would be for him to lead and be at least 250 carries, which could be maybe too much for him, I'm, is, my, is my question. Is that too much for him from the backfield? Not touches, just, just carries. I think where his involvement and how good he is, you know, as a, as a receiving back, you know, I'd, I'd be fine with that 250, 275, you know, touches, um, you know, not just, not just carries, but a team that I was thinking about and Jake and I were actually kind of, we're going back and forth with each other earlier about this was, you know, a team that's got almost 70 million in cap space that could use a running back, the New York jets. You know, especially if they decided to make a trade, if they're one of those teams that was kind of in the mix for Deshaun Watson, you know, if they're able to kind of build that way. Um, I love how, how Kane, how you mentioned the, the Miami Dolphins, because that does allow them then, you know, where they have that number 18 pick, they don't have to worry about, you know, taking a, a Travis Etienne or a Najee Harris at 18, they can go and worry about a different position there. Uh, so I think that would absolutely make a ton of sense as well. Uh, and then Chris, I think a couple of weeks ago, you had mentioned the, the Atlanta Falcons as a potential landing spot as well for Jones, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that could be interesting as well. Who knows what's going to be happening with Todd Gurley. Um, but I do think that the Jets or the Dolphins, for me personally, make a ton of sense. Well, I guess it really depends how you see Aaron Jones, right? Do you see him in a gap pro or power style run game or do you see him in an outside zone run scheme that's really going to be the deciding factor right mm -hmm. um and i think i think he can do both agreed. but i think his talents actually fit better in an outside zone run scheme agreed. Agreed, yeah. um so the jets should be moving to his own run scheme um with their new coaching staff because that's what he always runs um and you know atlanta's up in the air on obviously they have who is it? Arthur Smith. That's now the, the head coach over there. Mm -hmm. Everyone believes that he's going to go to a power style run scheme um, because he had Derrick Henry and it worked for Derrick Henry. Sure. Right? Well, anything would work for Derrick Henry. Right. And there's not, there's not many players like Derrick Henry to do that right. type of power scheme. Right. Right. And I think one thing that to keep in mind is, is I was talking with Mark Schofield about this yesterday that it takes so long for a, a scheme to change right this isn't one off season and i right. think and i think more likely than not they're going to stay as a zone run scheme because we believe that at least shane and i do that 
they're actually trying to win now that the Falcons are trying to win now. Agreed. And that, and that's what my point was. If, if Aaron Jones goes yeah. to Atlanta, he actually puts them back into a position of strength where they are the Atlanta Falcons who can compete. Cause if Drew Brees doesn't come back, who knows what happens with them. And then basically you're only competing with the Bucks as it is. Right. I'm hundred percent with you. If, if you believe that they're competing, right. And let's just ignore the draft noise where everyone's saying Justin Fields, because yep. he went to Georgia for two and a half minutes that he's going to Atlanta. Like, let's just calm down on that. Matt Ryan's not going anywhere. He's under contract until 2024. Like yeah, he, they're going to try and, to leave. Right. They're trying to win now, right? You have still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL in Julio Jones. You have an okay run game. I think the picks are just trying to beef up the defense this coming year and see if they can make a run in the next year or two. So Aaron Jones actually makes a ton of sense. If you believe that he's going to be that OZ, that outside zone run style guy. And I think that'd be super beneficial because they're not going to be able to move quickly to that gap or pro style or that power style run game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it'd be a good landing spot. Kenny Galladay. We have to talk about Kenny Galladay because I got man crush all over this guy. I predicted Kenny to break out last year, elite style injuries uh, foiled that prediction, but now they set in Kenny free, no franchise tag. I could not be happier. I think he's elite. He's potential in my opinion, top six wide receiver in fantasy football, depending on landing spot. Now we are talking uh, uh, question marks. What is the best scenario? Where do we think that Kenny's going to go? Um, this is kind of where I, I still I, I, I've been I've been looking through all the all the team rosters and, and trying to put the best landing spot for this guy. And it's still very difficult. But what are you guys seeing with Kenny? Because, you know, he's going to get paid handsomely. Who's going to do it? I actually I like the Bengals, to be honest with you, um, because I know they're I've seen some mock drafts out there where people mm. are are having a wide receiver go to the Bengals with their pick. But if I'm Cincinnati, I add another playmaker on that offense to go with Joe Burrow. And, you know, when he comes back from his injury, I think Galladay would make a ton of sense because that would then allow Cincinnati to use that first round pick and focus on that offensive line. Mm. Don't hate that. Um, I'm this. This is going to be a contrarian take, but this is assuming that this team takes a left tackle in Mm -hmm. the NFL draft and it's the Colts. Ooh, you put Kenny Galladay on the Colts. And you have, you know, Michael Pittman running at the Y. And then, you know, in the slot, you still Paris. have Paris Campbell. I think that team's real good. I like that. Yep. I, I and like in that the list of teams that I, that I sent to Jake, he was like, you know, where do you see Kenny Galladay going? I had the Bengals. I had the Jags. And I had the Colts. Those are the three teams that I was like, that's where I'd like to see him go. I think Jags and Colts were on my list, but I think the Colts just make too much sense because they don't have a lot of holes. And if you just get that top wide receiver, now that they've kind of gotten rid of Mm T.Y. and T.Y. is not really a big part of that anymore, I think it makes so much sense. But obviously that hurts everyone that thought that Michael Pittman was about to break out, though. So then that, that's, that's how I felt point. about Paris Campbell last year. So, yeah, right. And, and I mean, that's the great point. So then now we, if that does happen, then now the conversation flips. Now, how do we feel about Carson Wentz supporting this, this, this massive amount of talent on this roster? Like you're saying the Pittman, potentially Galladay, Paris Campbell, uh, you got to support the run game with Jonathan Taylor, and then you still have Naheem Hines. So, I mean, 
this is this this could turn into one of the better offenses in the NFL. But can Carson Wentz, you know, support it? I think I personally think he can. It's one, it's kind of one of those situations where it's just don't screw this up. You know, like mm. we're 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 giving you the keys, we're giving you all this, you know, potential talent, you know, just 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 don't lose the games for us because they still have a great offensive line. Their defense is fairly young. You know, they have Darius Leonard, of course. And so their, their defense is getting, is getting better. They made that trade for DeForest Buckner last year and they're a team to compete with. Absolutely. Um, But I do think that they are like that one, that one big playmaker away, you know, from kind of hitting that next tier, especially in, in their division where they're going to be competing, you know, with teams like the Titans, they don't have to worry about the Texans, but a potential up and coming Jaguars team as well. So it's kind of one of those moves where, all right, we got to start making something happen. We have to do it soon before these other teams really start to catch up. Yeah. I think, you know, then I'm trying to get out of every Michael Pittman share I have because I think he's the odd man out, mm-hmm. right? Like if Kenny Galladay goes there, he's getting those deep looks. He's getting those digs. He's getting the curls. Like Michael Pittman's not as much of a thing. I think Paris Campbell will be serviceable in the slot. Um, then whatever tight end is catching passes will do fine because, you know, it just takes three tight end or three touchdowns and like four yards to be a top 12 tight end in fantasy football. Yep. So, <laughs> the odd man out has to be Michael Pittman, unfortunately. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting because then his value would only creep back up if, if Paris finds his way back into the medical room, because I mean, he hasn't proven that he can stay healthy for, for much longer than a, than a cup of coffee. But um, I, I like that a lot. I, I was even thinking, you know, uh, we saw the Ravens say that they're out on the Allen Robinson sweepstakes if he would have hit the open market, but is, is Kenny Galladay, uh, Raven material with with uh, Lamar Jackson because I, I actually when you bring up the Colts I was thinking the Ravens first and I'm like yeah that might be the best possible fit for him but when you bring up the Colts I, I like that better but what about the Ravens can Lamar support uh, uh, Kenny Galladay and Gal- Galladay essentially making Lamar that much better I mean if they if they're out on Allen Robinson I don't understand why they would be in on on Kenny Galladay or any other, I said you know, so, I any said other so. number one wide receiver. Uh, oh, yeah. It just seems like Baltimore doesn't want that, that elite talent, unfortunately. So, no. so yeah, no, I, I don't see them going after one of these big, big name uh, wide receiver free agents, unfortunately. And it hurts Kenny G, but really helps Lamar Jackson in fantasy football. Yes. correct. Absolutely agree. Johnu Smith, he is one of our favorites at Headliner Nation. We've been preaching Johnu for years now. We're hoping to finally see that that magical conjunction of elite nature ability and stats coming on the on the stat sheet. He was not franchise tagged today, and it wasn't a surprise to me. We 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 believed he was going to move on. Um, now there is a lot of teams in need of tight ends, and this this tight end class isn't necessarily one of the best uh, outside of Kyle Pitts. I mean, so where is Johnny going? And and this it, depending on landing spot. And I'm going to be selfish again, and I'm because I'm telling everyone to come to Buffalo, <laughs> come to Buffalo. We 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 want to make a run. Um, but I'm but what I'm saying for real, if he goes to a team like the Bills. This gives them a dynamic that they don't have, and and it gives Josh Allen that much more uh, support over the middle when he requires it. I think it, it would be a pretty good match in Buffalo. I, I, I'm personally still a fan of Dawson Knox. I mean, is he Jonu Smith? No, but I do think that he's he's a fine fit for 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 Buffalo and and for what he can do because of that athleticism that he has. 
you know, especially where Josh Allen, if he does have to start scrambling, if the O-line breaks down, you know, I do like the athleticism that that Knox provides. Um, so for me, I would probably be out on Johnny Smith going to Buffalo. Sorry, Chris. Um, I'm also not going to have him go to my Patriots. And I say that just because, well, we need a quarterback first. So uh, before we start saying we're all these, you know, top guys keep getting linked to, to New England, I'm going to pump the brakes on that. I think that Johnny Smith could be viewed as, you know, just a, another wide receiver type where the teams we just mentioned earlier with Kenny Galladay, I could certainly see him going to Johnny Smith, going to those teams, the Jags, the Colts, the Bengals. Um, I'd be perfectly okay with, with him going to, to any of those teams. Again, if he can stay healthy, that's a little bit of a question mark. Um, but I do think that, you know, teams like that would certainly make a lot of sense for somebody, you know, that, that a team that would want an athletic tight end, you know, with his capabilities. Well, obviously the Browns are in on any tight end. So right. we always have to keep that in mind. <laughs> it's a tight end, end room. It's the biggest room they have at the, their facility. Um, but I think the other name to watch is the Cardinals. I think mm. the Cardinals could use a tight end. Um, and it, will they pay the price for Johnny Smith, which I think is going to be more than he should be getting. Agreed. Um, I, I don't think they would do that. I, think there's a much more realistic possibility that they end up with like Brevin Jordan in the second or third round of the NFL draft than they would paying the price for John Smith. But it, it's definitely a landing spot we have to talk about for tight ends, because if you get an athletic one in that team, it makes a whole lot of sense. Yep. Sky's the limit. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I love the, I love the Brevin Jordan call out because obviously nobody is, is Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Like, you know, he's, he's the one a of, of that tight end class. Um, but Brevin Jordan, I mean, just, just looking at his tape, I'm excited about what he, about his potential, you know, and what he could do for a team, you know, especially for somebody that's looking for, you know, somebody that's more athletic. I like that Cardinals thing. I, I like that a lot. I really do. Adding weapons to already stacked lineups, man. I'm all for that. I love it. Edge rushers, man, they didn't get tagged. Uh, there was a number of them. Shaq Barrett, he didn't get tagged. Carl Lawson, Yannick Ngakwe, Matt Judon, all looking to hit the open market. And this was interesting because I heard a conversation saying that, you know, because this is uh, uh, the second most important position in all of football outside of quarterback is the guys rushing the quarterback. And these guys get paid handsomely. And the fact that, you know, with the uncertainty of cap dollars, with the, with the cap trouble, a lot of these teams are in. I mean, these are four outstanding uh, uh, edge rushers or, or rush uh, uh, individuals who will go after the quarterback. Um, do you guys have a favorite? Do you see where these guys are going? Because they're, they're likely gone from their, their respective clubs at this point. This is where I'm going to give your bills some love because yes. this is where your bills really do need to improve. They need more speed on the defense. They need someone that can actually pass rush the quarterback and actually get after the quarterback. Because as we saw against the chiefs this year in the playoffs, Mahomes was just had, had absolutely all day to throw the ball. I mean, the bills did not get any pressure on him when the bills do get pressure, when they were, when they were able to get pressure on the quarterback this year, it wasn't from their front four. It was from their linebackers and their secondary. They got more pressure on the quarterback than the defensive line did. So I think going for a pass rusher is, is a number one priority for the, for the Buffalo bills. And they're going to, I mean, they have the money to do it. They have a plethora of options to choose from. So I'm, I'm absolutely all in on the bills for it. Um, I think any defensive player could go to the Jaguars and make their team better. 
just any position ever, I yep. think would instantly start for the Jaguars. Um, so they have so much money. They have so much money. They have like 70 something million. It's insane. Yeah. Like it has to go somewhere, right? Like, yep. so I think the Jags are one of those teams. I think the jets try to be knuckleheads and get in on a player and pay too much. Cause that's and what the then, jets do. Yeah. And then, you know, a player like Anthony Barr is like, Oh wait, I don't want to go to the jets. And then he goes <laughs> back to whatever team he was with before. <laughs> right. I think I could totally see the jets being knuckleheads and just paying just through the cheeks for him. Um, so I think that's about the only landing spots that have enough money yeah. and actually have the wherewithal to make that move, to be honest. And I, I do think that the, the Patriots are also in the mix because they're, they're one of the teams, I think top three, top five teams that have, you know, the most cap space at this point. And if you can add another pass rusher on opposite side of Chase Winovich, you know, that's something where the, the Patriots really do need to improve upon. They need to improve upon their defensive line. If they could add another linebacker, that would be absolutely phenomenal. You know, with the, no, the, the news of potentially Kyle Van Noy being released maybe by, by Miami, you know, that's an option, you know, that the Patriots could certainly look at. But I do think uh, pass rusher is, is an option for them, and it needs to be, and they have the money to, to spend it. Uh, but, but, Kane, like you said, the Jaguars, I mean, absolutely. Jake and I were talking earlier, you know, they're just another. They're just a couple pieces away on offense, you know. With the with the in- inclusion of Trevor Lawrence, you know, that's really they just need a couple pieces on the offense. But on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they're only a few years removed from that phenomenal defense that we saw, you know, just just a few years ago that made it to the AFC Championship game against the New England Patriots, and that defense just got absolutely decimated. And there's just their their holes all over that side of the ball time to rebuild and i mean i don't i don't dislike any of that either and it it, it, it kind of confirms my point that you know with all the cap trouble outside of the teams that do have a boatload of money to spend and and and, and they're basically in in the seller of the rebuild first year first year and a half of the rebuild these guys like Ngakwe and Judon, they were supposed to get big dollars you're talking in the essence of like 16 to to 20 million dollars per and, and now that might not be where this is going. That's going to go south uh, very quickly. So then I could easily see these gentlemen sign a one-year contract of, of a lot, around 11, 12 million and pick a Super Bowl contender uh, to take them over the top. I could definitely see this come when, when free agency opens. It's, yeah, I could be interesting. The, yeah, I could see the Seahawks do that. Right. right? Just a one-year deal makes sense for what the Seahawks do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's, you know, if they were to take that one year, maybe even a two year deal, uh, you know, have a have a lot of incentive base, you know, proposals into that contract and, you know, try to just win that championship right away. Yeah, I like it. I like it. The league year is coming. I love it. I got nothing else, fellas. I mean, we saw lots of this happening. It's going to continue. We're going to see a fire of transactions continue to happen uh, from, from now until the 17th. Uh, tampering window does open. For those of you who don't know, I believe on March 15th, where teams can start pilfering players off the open market. And we're going to see moves galore. Before we get out of here, one more time, go and uh, go to YouTube and subscribe to the new uh, Headliner U College Football 101 channel that is dropped already. Videos already there for you to uh, view and watch 
uh, definitely uh, help us out. Go subscribe. Um, but I mean, nevertheless. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy 318. You can find Kane on Twitter at Debbie underscore Kane. To all the listeners, thank you for listening. We truly appreciate all the support. And on behalf of Chris and Kane, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.